broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. Whether we've won enough or not, you know, I, I literally give every bit of energy and effort that I can um, to this to this organization. And when I when I sign a contract, I you know I, I completely uh, in my mind have to fulfill that. You know, there's you know I, I committed to that. I, I put my name on paper. I, I committed to that. And uh, you know that's just how I was raised. So uh, again, I'm from Fresno, California. You know, born in Fresno. I, you know, my dad was you know worked in the car business. My mom helped it. You know, substitute uh, you know teaching and all different kinds of stuff at the church and all that kind of stuff. So we didn't have a whole bunch of stuff growing up. So I don't need much. You know, and so uh, for me, it's more about loyalty. It's more about um, being the same guy every single day. That's Derek Carr, uh, the Raiders quarterback. We spoke to him today uh, over at the uh, practice facility in Henderson. That was the first time that uh, Derek Carr has spoken uh, this offseason, and uh, he shared some thoughts from the heart, I believe, uh, with us on Zoom. Uh, A little while later, I was able to talk to uh, Derek privately, and he kind of expounded a a little bit on that. Uh, And the sense of commitment that he has uh, for the Raiders, for this organization, it's a message that he wants to – um, give to his children, his two sons and his daughter about committing and being faithful to that. And when you sign your name to something, uh, you own up to it. And um, it's an important message. It's how he's wired. It's what he wants uh, his children uh, to learn. So, and he truly believes that, you know, this is where he's meant to be. This is where he wants to be. And even through all some of the misery that he's had to deal with uh, here with the Raiders, not all of it his doing, very little of it was his doing. Uh, There's been a lot of dysfunction with his Raiders organization uh, over the years, coaching changes, uh, roster changes, all of that. And he's kind of in the face of it and been blamed for it in a lot of ways. And if there was anyone that much like Aaron Rodgers is doing in Green Bay. So we've seen other uh, athletes do it uh, across all sports uh, where they just feel like there might be some greener pastures, a, a place where they can go, where they can win a little bit easier. Um, he doesn't want to do that. He wants to win it here, even because, mostly because of all the pain that he's endured here. He feels like it would be the achievement of it to do it in a place where he started, to do it in a place where he's endured a lot of pain, uh, the payoff of winning something big, something meaningful, meaningful, something significant here with the Raiders in Las Vegas makes it all the worthwhile for Derek Carr and also just honoring a commitment. Uh, and I, I, I take him at his word and talking to him, to him uh, you know, after he spoke to the, to the group of media here uh, and, and reinforcing what he said to us, uh, when he shared some thoughts with me, uh, I truly believe that. And I think he comes from a good place. And I think that he wants to win a championship here in Las Vegas. And I think Raider fans and Raider Nation uh, should be behind him uh, in that quest. Uh, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation uh, guest line and uh, welcome in uh, my good friend uh, from over at Embajador Tequila. He's one of the masterminds, creative uh, forces uh, behind uh, Embajador. We talk about Embajador all the time. And, uh, uh, of course, we're talking about Les uh, Kekahuna um, from Embajador Tequila. And, Les, first of all, thanks for joining us and thanks for spending some time with us. But I thought that quote from Derek Carr um, uh, 
especially knowing you and knowing what you guys are doing at Embajador Tequila and everything else that you're doing, especially locally here uh, in the community, probably meant something to you to hear Derek Carr talk about commitment and honoring his word and all of those type of things. I think uh, with what you guys are doing at Embajador, it's kind of one and the same. Yes, uh, thanks for having me, man. I'm uh, thankful for the opportunity to be on your station. But, yeah, it's very important. I think loyalty is at the top of anything that you do, whether it be business, sports, your family, your friendship. Um, if there's no loyalty, it's, it's tough to get things done. It's tough to trust people. And then, you know, like, if you don't feel like the person next to you is loyal, you know, like you find yourself thinking, like, oh, what is he doing? And now you're doing more thinking than you should have rather than just concentrating on what you need to get done. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. Uh, Les, and you I, didn't, yeah. earlier he was talking, I know you're a Laker fan, um, and uh, I, I love you for that. <laughs> you know that. Um, but, you know, one of the things yeah. that he was talking about, uh, Derek Carr, was, you know, there's other people who do it a little bit differently. We've seen Kevin Durant leave um, Oklahoma City to go, put himself in a better position to win a championship uh, in, in right. Golden State. Now he's gone to B- Brooklyn. There's been other te- There's other players who have done that, and no disrespect to any of those guys at all. That's mm-hmm. what they chose to do. But Derek was talking about, I want to do it with the place that I started. I, I, I don't want to go chase it someplace else. I want to do it here. And probably right. especially because of some of the pain that he endured. Can you – does that register you know, at all? And, and, and do you understand that, and do you appreciate that? Yeah, I respect that. I'm very thankful to have someone like that, um, a part of the Raiders, where I live in Las Vegas, and you know, I definitely uh, love watching the Raiders play, and I'm a fan of theirs, but yeah, to have someone like that to develop and, and grow with the people that's with him now, rather than, you know, you listen to some of these other quarterbacks, and like you said, I'm, I'm not disrespecting them at all, but he's not in the media saying, I need this, I need that, you know, like, oh, I, you know, I need help on the whole line, like some other quarterbacks I've heard, um, and he's just thankful, and he's happy with what he got, and he feels that he he had enough of what he had with the people that's around him. And, and I'm yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm super excited about this upcoming city uh, season. You know, um, I love Derek. Uh, I love watching him play. I think he has a big arm. I think you know he makes good decisions, and yeah, I really really enjoy watching him play the game. And I'm glad that the Raiders have him at quarterback. We're talking to Les uh, Kekahuna from uh, Embajador Tequila. And um, Les, I was talking about uh, Michael T's on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. The uh, the Aloha nights on Friday nights, 9 p.m. Yeah. Uh, to 3 a.m. It's always always a, a good time. Um, Les, you know, the Raiders are here. The Golden Knights are doing mm-hmm. their thing. Uh, you've been here right. in Las Vegas. And, um, you know, uh, yeah. you've, you've built a, a, a great relationship uh, with the community, uh, with the restaurants and bars and everyone uh, else uh, here in Las Vegas. What do you make of everything that's going on with the Raiders, with the Golden Knights, and how this city continues to grow? Man, the excitement is high. In fact, I just left maybe about 10, 15 minutes ago. I think I was in a place I took this call, but I was at the cure for the kids' hospital. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's tough. You know, you see what they go through. It's a local hospital. Um, mm-hmm. We deal with um, children that's struggling and battling cancer. So uh, we're we're supportive of the hospital, and it's good to get there and, and talk to some of the staff members, you know, uh, regularly, and see some of the kids and the parents, and just try to see how you can help out and, and you know just make their day better. Like, you know, and you think it is bad, you know, and you take a look and you see some of the kids who's 
fighting for their lives, and you know, their parents and everyone in their family, they're all going through it, and you know, you start to appreciate the things they have. Uh, and then that's also part of your question, which is the Golden Knights, they're doing really well. They won, they had a big game last night. Yeah, they won, I think, 4-1. That was, that was, that was great, 4 or 5-1. Yep. Uh, they're hot right now, and you know, that's good for the city. You know, it's always good for the city that the professional teams are doing well. And I think, I really truly believe it, that the Raiders will have a big season this year. I really believe that. I think they have enough talent that they need to uh into uh, and to the draft. I really believe that we're going to have a great team this season. And a great, um, it's a great outcome. A little background on Les, by the way. Um, I have learned so much football, and I'm not just saying that because he's on the other uh, end of this call right here. I literally learn football from him every time that I talk to him about football. Uh, he's got coaching in his background. Uh, he's very heavily involved in the Polynesian um, you know, community uh, with football, and, and he'll share some of that, uh, what he does with, with them as well, uh, and that organization, the Polynesian Football Hall of Fame. Uh, and there's just an endless amount of great players that are in that Hall of Fame. Uh, we all know that and the heritage. Uh, and the significance and the impact that uh, the Polynesian population has made on the sport of football. So when Les talks, and I don't say this about everybody, because trust me, there's a lot of people who talk and don't say anything. Les, when he says, when he talks, he says a lot. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm interested, Les, in your thoughts about the Raiders. We're, we're you know, tomorrow is the last day of minicamp, so uh, they're off after tomorrow until training camp. They've had a whole off season. You mentioned the draft. You mentioned free agency. What about what they've mm-hmm. done this uh, offseason so far to this point um, really gets you excited about what's about to happen uh, next fall? Man, I, I'm a defensive guy, right? Um, just watching the draft, obviously, the pick was Leatherwood. He's a tackle, and it's always great to have someone like that on your line. Um, he anchored the offensive line. He wasn't going to have his right tackle. But, you know, coming from a big program like Alabama, I mean, you could imagine the guys that he practiced against they're all probably first rounders, you know, defensive men. So it's not like he's going to make such a big jump where he doesn't really understand how it is to play as NFL players. I was, um, I really love that kid. Um, Trayvon, um, Murray. TCU. Oh, man, he's a, he's a beast. I mean, he could have easily been a first rounder. Oh, man. Uh, we're going to, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to get Les right back on the, uh, on the line because I want to get his thoughts, uh, on Divine and, uh, the rest of the new defensive players at the Raiders draft. We'll be right back. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor. All right, we're going to go back right back out to the uh, Raider Nation uh, listener line, guest line. Uh, we're talking to uh, Les Kekahuna from um, Embajador Tequila, our good friend, and he was sharing his thoughts on Divine Diablo uh, and some of these young Raider defensive no, Raider. players. Um, real quick, Les, in addition to that, yeah. Yannick yeah. Ngakwe, uh, the pass rusher from the Jacksonville Jaguars, bringing him right. in, he's a guy that since 2016 – um, he's top five in sacks across the NFL and then also forced fumbles. And, you know, the Raiders right. forced 15 turnovers last year, which is kind of embarrassing to even say. Um, mm-hmm. The importance of not just getting to the quarterback, but having somebody that's going to be able to make something happen in terms of turnovers. How many times have we seen games change less when a key 
turnover happens in that situation. I've seen where, you know, a guy swipes at a ball and causes a fumble, and the next thing you know, a teammate picks it up and takes it to the house for a touchdown, and it's a completely different game. How important is it for the Raiders to get that element, that turnover element from their pass rush? Oh, it's huge because I believe, I'm not, don't quote me on this, but I believe they're, the percentages, if we, if you're like a plus one on the turnover battle in a game, they, it takes you to like about a, a low 70% chance of winning the game. Yep. You know, and, and, and you two is taking you to like 80. So the turnover battle is huge. And, and defensively, everything starts up front. I don't care how good your cornerbacks are. If you're not getting pressure on the quarterback, they can only cover so long. And eventually those guys will get open. It's tough. So everything starts up front. And if you can get pressure, like... Just like the Super Bowl, for example. They were getting pressure with four guys, you know, three guys. And now you're dropping seven, eight guys. It's almost impossible to find those open windows, right? Yep, and, absolutely. And I think, I think that's what that guy brings, man. He brings that, you know. And, and then nothing against, I, I think, you know, by having him. I mean, even Farrell and Crosby, they'll, they'll even do even better. They, not that they didn't do well, but they'll, they'll even do better. And, and sometimes schematically, maybe that's why the changes were made with Gus, you know, and now that these guys... You know, they, they they brought in Quentin Jefferson as well, right? So, yep. I mean, you got pressure up the middle. Anytime you can push that pocket and, and force him to one of those guys on the outside, you, you, you know, chances of big plays being made or bad throws being thrown happens. Yep. We're talking Absolutely. to Les Kekahuna. We're talking to Les Kekahuna, our really good friend over at Embajador Tequila. And I kid you guys not, I'm um, not just saying it because he's on the phone, but he knows his football <laughs> like no other. He's laughing, but I mean that, guys. I mean that. I, I, You know, I know what I know, but I know when somebody else takes it to a whole other level and Les does it. I totally, totally respect that about him because I love talking football uh, with him, uh, you know, on top of some yeah. other things. But, Les, i got to ask you, on the other side of the football, uh, the Raiders brought in Kenyon Drake, all right? And I think when they made that move, everyone was like, oh, but you already have a running back. Why are you paying some extra money to another running back? I think we're seeing more and more, Les, where teams are doing a share of the load running back tandem where guys can complement each other. Guys can do some of the same things so that you can keep each other fresh, but also do just enough differently so that they can complement each other and sometimes play on the field together. I think you're going to see that with Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs. What are your thoughts on what the Raiders did adding a one, a running back, basically a 1B to Josh Jacobs' 1A um, oh, this year? Man. Well, I mean, geez, defensively it's scary because – you don't really make rotations on your um, your back end, right? You know, like your defensive line, you rotate them. So your DBs, you won't. And even for the most part, even your linebackers, you know, unless you just bring in a nickel. But, man, the last thing you want to see is a fresh running back in the fourth quarter, right? I mean, you try and arm tackle a guy like that, he'll rip your whole arm out of your shoulder socket. <laughs> so so having those two running backs and a one-two punch and, you know, just keeping that fresh bodies out there. It's it's tough on the defense. It really is, you know, dealing with that all game, four quarters and stuff. Yeah, yeah. no question about yeah, it. No and question. you know, uh, Les and I have been talking um, about doing some special things this season, um, and we're 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 putting things uh, to work and and in and in the planning stages. Um, but I want you to talk real quick, uh, Les, about what you guys are doing on Friday nights over at Michael T's, but then also. Um, the poker night that you guys are having uh, every the first Tuesday of every month, 
to benefit um, you know some 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 great organizations. Uh, if you could just tell everyone uh, what you guys are doing uh, at Embajador Tequila uh, w- with some of these great events. Man, sure, thank you. Um, so the Chef for Kids, uh, we hold a, we host a, a, a poker tournament the first Tuesday of every month at the uh, uh, South Point Casino. Yep. So all the money that we we raise in that um, tournament, it goes towards um, the foundation, which helps with feeding underprivileged communities. And throughout the pandemic, we actually did that weekly. You know, we we'd move around and into different communities and and feed families. And I mean, we this is the truth, man. We, it'll be over like we'd make like seven hundred boxes of food, and we'd feed people, and then they'd be able to take a box home. And, it, you know, during the pandemic, everyone had a hard time, you know, and even people were losing their jobs. And yep. there were families that, that, that they would say, like, man, we haven't had food in, in over a week, you know. So, you know, it really does benefit the community. And, and then the other thing is, um, oh, what Michael teases is an event with um, this Friday. It's actually um, to support a family. Uh, there was a lady who passed away cancer. And, um, you know, to help her family with the funeral costs and everything, we're going to, donate all the money that we make. It's going to be at Michael T's. Uh, the lady's name was Star. Uh, she had just passed away last week, um, I believe, like Thursday night. So they um, they asked if we could uh, donate everything this week towards her. So that's the reason why we're holding it this Friday. But yeah, yeah. And then um, some of the money we raised, like I, I mentioned earlier, was, it goes towards the hospital with the Care for the Kids Hospital. And, and, and you know, and that helps out a lot. You know I mean? It saves lives and it, and, and it helps families and what they go through because... Everything at that hospital is is um, the money raised there is all donated. It's 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 just that's the way that hospital is ran, and and it helps. And they turn no one away. Like if you don't have insurance, they won't turn you away. They will find every way to help you find insurance and whatever cost they can get covered through that. They cover the rest, and if not, they just cover everything. So it's a, it's a great foundation, man. And 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 I'm and I'm blessed to be a part of it. I'm. I'm thankful to um, to all of them that they, they even allow me to be around and be a part of it. So yeah, that's that's what that's about, brother. Thank you. You got it, man. And you and uh, and when I say that, you know, obviously relationships are are so important. We love our relationship uh, with Embajador Tequila. I love my friendship with Les. Um, and it's it's it, there's there's meaning behind it, and, and it's 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 one of the reasons why you know I, I love. The partnership that we have uh, with Embajador Tequila and Les Kekahuna, uh, in particular, uh, because I know where his heart is, and and you know, I honestly, Les, I knew that you were coming on today, but hearing Derek Carr when he was talking about huh? you know his feelings and his commitment uh, to the Raiders, I honestly felt like, wow, what a perfect day to have Les on there because I know you embody that, and I know Embajador Tequila embodies that uh, as well, and I'm not just saying that; um, I truly, truly yeah. mean that um, to everyone that's listening. Uh, and Embajador Tequila is one of those companies that um, it's not just about making money. It's obviously about making a great product, which Embajador Tequila is. But the give back uh, that, they, that they do and, you know, being able to use their stature and where they are to help others, uh, it's second to none. And I really, truly respect it. And I appreciate that. Uh, and unless you know, I love talking football with you. So uh, after <laughs> yeah. the show, I'm sure we're going to be hooking up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> talking some more football. I just want to say thank you for spending some time. Yep. We're going to do this on a weekly basis, uh, and I think yep. the listeners are going to come to understand, you know, how great of a football mind uh, Les is. He's got. He, you could tell after a while, which is I, I figured it out fairly quickly. 
this dude coached somewhere. And, and, and when he starts talking about the guys that he knows, and we're going to get into that in later talks, uh, it's pretty amazing, uh, the, the pipeline that he knows and the influence that he's had uh, on a lot of the great young players that are not only in the NFL – uh, but are coming along now that you're going to s- soon see at schools like Notre Dame and USC and, and, and all the others. Uh, it's pretty crazy uh, w- when you think about it. Les, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. I really appreciate it. Uh, we'll, have, we'll, we'll talk to you again uh, next week as well. Yes, hey, thanks, Vinny, for having me. Um, I appreciate uh, the opportunity. And, I, and uh, hey, what's up to Raider Nation? we got an exciting season coming up, and uh, you, have a, you have a blessed day, Vinny. Thank you for all everything, right. brother. You too, man, uh, and, and likewise. And trust me when I say there's some some plans that we're putting together, not just here in Las Vegas, uh, day before games, day of games, uh, but also we're trying to figure out some times where maybe we'll when we're on the road, I, I, I travel. Uh, Les is thinking about coming on some trips this year. Um, wherever we are, are, we know that Raider Nation travels. Uh, there's no question about that. But just to meet up, all of us, uh, whether it's in Pittsburgh or Dallas or wherever the case might be, uh, along the way, Denver, Kansas City, um, just hanging out on the Saturday before the game, watching some great college football, uh, having some good food, uh, drinking some Embajador tequila, and and having fun together. And we want to do that. We want to do that here in Las Vegas. We want to do it out on the road. Uh, and 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 so that's what we're hoping for. That's what we're trying to put together. And of course, we want your input and your support as well. So let me know if that's something that you guys would be interested in. Let us know where you're going to be uh, on the road this year. I know Raider Nation travels hard. They travel strong, and they're uh, out and about. Uh, So let's all hook up at some point this year uh, throughout the course of the season. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. But Yannick, my goodness, um, wow. Uh, what a what a guy, you know. And I sit there, I'm like, he's he's 26 years old, <laughs> you know. Like, oh my goodness, you know, this is this is good for the Raiders. And uh, obviously, the guys that have been here, um, I'll just say this as a whole. I think the whole defense looks great. Um, I'm I'm really excited to see what they do this season. Um, very very excited uh, to see what what Coach Gus Bradley and his staff brings because I've played against them. I know what it's like. Very excited to see what happens this year, but again, we have to go. We have to go prove it. But uh, yeah, but Yannick definitely popped today. You know, when he steps on the field, you know, there's there's certain guys uh, in football where when they step on the field and they do something like that, that's a different level, you know. And uh, he definitely has that about him. That's Derek Carr talking about what I think is the most underappreciated, or it just seems. The move that the Raiders made to bring in uh, Unique Ngakwe, one of the premier pass rushers in the NFL, a guy that's done it at a high level for a little while now, and like Derek talked about, is only 26 years old. This guy has been a productive, one of the most productive pass rushers and game changers in terms of the turnovers and the fumbles that there is in the NFL since 2016, and there's some pretty darn good uh, pass rushers, and he's among the best, and he's... Right, and he being Derek Carr, you can see it, Raider Nation. You can literally see the difference. They didn't have a unique Ngakwe, the Raiders, last year. They didn't. Max Crosby is a good, solid football player. 
and he's going to be better off with the addition of Unique Ngakwe, which allows Max to be used in a different sort of a way, and maybe in a way that allows him to be a more efficient player. Same with Clee Farrell. The Raiders didn't have a dynamic like Yannick Ngakwe, and I think it's kind of got lost in the whole shuffle. Um, you know, when you see some of these national pundits talking about the Raiders having the worst offseason in the oh, – how? <laughs> how? I don't get it. Like, I, I'm, I, I know that I'm, you know, close to it. I cover it. Um, but I, I don't see that they had the worst offseason in the NFL far from it. I thought they fixed some issues and addressed some issues in a major way. And Unique Ngakwe just alone, just himself, let alone the additions of Quentin Jefferson and Solomon Thomas and the drafting of Malcolm Coons, the drafting of uh, Trayvon uh, Merrig um, and Alex Leatherwood, uh, the Raiders – if Alex stays healthy, we'll finally have a right tackle that's probably that's going to be able to stay on the field. That's they didn't have that last year. Remember that. But Unique Ngakwe, I think people are kind of overlooking that move and what it's going to mean to this defensive line, and adding an element that they just didn't have. And Derek Carr has already seen it. I saw it today too. He just it's different. It's a difference maker. And he adds something that the Raiders didn't have last year. And on on top of that, it lengthens the rotation. It improves the whole unit because now you're adding a player that they didn't have last year at a level that they didn't have. Uh, It makes a big difference. And it's going to make a big difference along that defensive line. And I think it can change the rest of the defense. And there's talent behind them. It's unproven in some cases. But there's a reason why certain guys were drafted where they were drafted. There's talent to work with on this defense, and it has a chance to be better. Significantly, significantly, I don't know, but it has a chance to be better. I, don't, I think the days of them giving up 30 points a game, consistently game in and game out, I'd be shocked, shocked if that repeated itself again this year. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line or listener line. Uh, Mitch is in New Jersey. How you doing, Mitch? Hey, how's it going? How's it going, Vinny? I'm doing really good, thanks, man. How are you? Good. Yeah, pretty good. I'm just getting out of work here. I'm going to visit my uh, niece and nephew here, so that's going to hear some barking. Uh, oh, no worries. No worries. I, I spoil all my dogs when I'm around. I at least ask. Two times. It's come, there's been a couple of close calls. Oh, hey, Fred, uh, Derek Carr is not going to pull a... Uh, Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun uh, Watson, so yeah, he's good to go. Um, he's gonna have some good. He's gonna have great. Gonna, I think we have one of the best offensive teams in the league this year, and we definitely. Um, you know, I just love uh, the defensive line. I had the, the wide receivers and running backs, and of course, Derek Carr's gonna have a great. He's gonna have his best year, and if this is possible. Not this year, next year. If, if the Las Vegas Raiders win. The Raiders will be the first team to win a Super Bowl in three different cities. Giants never won in New York. At least not the Super Bowl time. The Jets never won it anyway. And they all both play in New Jersey. So, uh, something to chew on. I mean, Wow, I you're going here. there, yeah. Mitch. I like it. I'm going there. I never put three I'm and three together that. like that. Well, <laughs> multitasking. You, you are. Uh, now, granted, not, there aren't that many teams who have moved three times. 
uh, let's see, uh, Raiders, uh, Vegas, or Oakland to Los Angeles, Los Angeles back to right. Oakland, Marcus Oakland Hill. to Las Vegas. Yeah. So yeah, you know, uh, in any case, there's three. You might even say four times now that they've moved. But uh, your point is well taken. And if they do win a championship here in Las Vegas, and obviously that is the goal, uh, they will join. There will be a very uh, unique situation. There's no team, no no franchise that's done it. Uh, three different locations. I'd have to look at. I'd have to look at that. Um, there's some baseball teams that are moved around. In any bit. sport. Yeah. Dodgers won once in Brooklyn. And, you know, I'm hoping this year that the Clippers, the Dodgers, and I like all three uh, L.A. teams. I'm sorry to put Las Vegas like a suburb, but it's like a baby L.A. It has its own city. It's about time. I still feel that San Diego and Oakland against crew. Lucky uh, San Francisco and Oakland didn't work together and build the same, like, in a more closer. I mean, even the 40 San Francisco is... is Kind of lost that team. Well, I, like an yeah, I appreciate it. No question, and I appreciate it, Mitch. But sometimes leadership counts. And they're, to me, the leadership in the Bay Area lacked, and the leadership in San Diego lacked. I'm just calling it like I see it. I didn't know much about either situation until I had to take a deep dive because uh, three teams wanted to move to Los Angeles um, you know, uh, in, in 2015. And I had to take a real deep dive into why. What's going on? What's the deal in San Diego? What's the deal in Oakland? What's going on in St. Louis? And I can say this without any hesitation. The leadership in San Diego and the leadership in Oakland was horrible. Horrible. And it taught me a lesson how important leadership truly, truly is. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it was bad. Uh, we're going to go back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Joe is in Los Angeles. Giuseppe, how you doing, brother? Good. Thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, I wanted to touch really quick on Josh and Derek, really quickly with Josh. Uh, it's good to see that he's there. I know there was a lot of talk that he might have been a potential holdout, which I'm sure you knew that wasn't the case. But what I what I do notice with Josh, his personality is very stoic, so sometimes it's hard to read him because he seems extremely happy. Kenyon Drake's on the team, and that's good to see. And also with the addition of Alex Leatherwood being in, in the front line there. The other thing with Derek, and you subsequently talked to him afterwards. What the take that I had, besides every point that you made, uh, one of the takes that I that I took was it was like a subtle message also to the Raiders that hey, I don't want to get traded because I'm sure they hear the talk about Aaron Rodgers getting traded to the Raiders and John Gruden's not happy. That's always been the case. It's always talk about switching to quarterbacks. But this is the one guy that's extremely positive, and you can't help but cheer for this guy and hope that he's successful as a Raider. I appreciate his loyalty because as a fan, we have the same loyalty to the Raiders. And that's good to see in a player that's committed to this organization. But I want to see if you thought there was like a subtle hint there, like basically telling the organization, listen, don't trade me. I'm a, I'm a Raider for life, regardless of through thick and thin. That may, may not be the case, but I kind of took that as well from that uh, press conference, and I just wanted to see what your thoughts on that was. Yeah, you know, there might have been a little bit of that. Uh, um, but on top of that, and like I, I, I had mentioned, and I uh, put the story out on uh, Vegas Nation and VegasNation.com, I was able to talk to Derek uh, after uh, the, the main, you know, uh, talk with the media, uh, and he shed a little bit more light on where he was coming from, and... Uh, a couple of things. He truly feels a sense of responsibility and a sense of commitment uh, to the Raider organization. And after going through everything that they've gone through together, he wants to win a championship here. Uh, in his mind, it would make things 
yes, could you go win a Super Bowl someplace else? Um, you know, that's oh, that option is always open to any player. Uh, but 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 doing it where you started, especially when you've gone through what Derek's gone through with this organization, if they were ever to be so fortunate to win a Super Bowl championship, and if he was, uh, you know, so fortunate to be on a team that that can, you know, that's that good, and that he's the quarterback, and then he's hoisting a a championship uh, trophy, the sense of satisfaction is just uh, tremendous. And but also to your point as well, in in terms of not wanting to be traded. Um, you know, I got a chance to talk to Derek, and this wasn't in the article that I put out there in the Q&A that we did. He really loves it here. Like, he loves it, loves it here. Uh, and I understand why, because I feel the same exact way having moved from California uh, to here. Uh, there's there's just something about this place that's really special, and it's unlike what you thought it was going to be coming in. I only knew the Las Vegas Strip. You'd come in for a couple of days, have some fun, and then head back home, and that's all you knew. But once you get here, you realize there's so much more to living here than just going down the strip, which is always available. And there's tremendous restaurants. You can't – it's almost hum, humanly impossible to eat at every great restaurant that's down there on the strip. And once you do, trust me, there's like 10 other that have opened up since then uh, that you're going to love as well. So uh, it's just like this. uh, It's right there for you. Everything that the strip has to offer, including tremendous dining, great shows. Uh, There's always a great boxing match. There's concerts. There's every, it's the, it's the epicenter of fun, truly. Um, and so, and so, uh, you know, his, his understanding of that and the, the love that he has now in the short time period of time that he's been here, uh, is real. And so for that reason, he wants to stay here as well. And it's not just the Raiders, which he obviously loves, uh, and, and wants to, to make great again, an organization, but I think he really loves living here in Las Vegas. And that's an important part, uh, as well. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Ryan, uh, wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing good, Vinny. How are you? Doing good, thank you. Uh, I wanted to touch on two things. We can get to Derek after, but first I kind of want to touch on Unique for a little bit. I just feel like he's getting glossed over as an addition to this roster. I don't understand why. Maybe because the Raiders are just the Raiders, maybe. But, man, that's that's an electrifying player to set the tone in your locker room. Um, And it takes me back to... The offseason and Gruden's last press conference, he said he wanted his coaches to trust their coaches. So um, it, it made me feel like he said, all right, Gus, go get who we need to get. Um, and it seems that those guys are proper and they actually want to play ball and they can't play ball. And, and like Derek said, he's 26 years old. So I'm very interested to see how that plays out. But Yannick Ngakwe, man, that he's a great player. So how could those guys not get up and, and want to come work with him every day? And and one thing I want to touch on with, with Derek, um, I, I'm done with the stats, Vinny. I'm, I'm done with the, you know, the fumbles. I'm done with the – can we, can we talk about eye tests here, Vinny? This guy's a player. I, I agree. I this agree. This guy's a player. And, and guess what, Vinny? I've been a Raider fan a long time, and I'm a younger guy. I'm in my 20s. But I've been a, uh, I've been a Raider fan for a while. I've never seen – I've only seen a couple quarterbacks. If they have the ball last in the fourth quarter, they're going to go out there and win you the game. Tom Brady is one of them, obviously. Peyton Manning is one of them. He knows a couple other guys. But Derek Carr is up there. And I don't know the fourth quarter comeback numbers by heart, but 
whenever his defense has put him in a position to win late in the game, I've, I, I've almost seen him never drop the ball, Benny. Never. Um, so that's one thing that resonates with me. I'm an L.A. guy, so Kobe, fourth quarter, closeout time, that's the kind of sports that I grew up on. That's the superstars that I follow, not the, the flashy guys, the two flashy guys, but guys who just entered a certain part of their careers and they just got it. You know what I mean? Um, that's how I feel about Derek. I feel like he's getting it. And credit to people want to harp on John, you know, and Mike and 10-year contracts and this and that. But you know what? If the base floor of talent in our building is a guy, guys like Morrissey and Gillespie and Diablo, if that's the base floor of talent in our building, this going to be a hell of a football team. So just look at how much talent these guys have brought in over the last three or four seasons. And I know it doesn't pan out their first plays or their first 20 plays or 50 plays, but – this is a game of attrition now. And you know what? Earlier in the season, last year, Bucks were 10-6. and six. They finished the regular season 10-6. and six. They weren't that good of a team. They weren't that good of a team. Let's be real. And I know they had Tom Brady. Tom Brady also threw two, three picks in the NFC Championship game. You have to have a generational defense to get you out of a hole like that. I, I, exactly. Tom Brady did not play well in that championship he, game, yeah. and he got bailed out by his defense. But guess what? You have to have that sometimes. It doesn't it. I make. I went on a tangent there, but uh, you know, it, I'm just glad the pieces are here and the talent in the building is very high now, Benny. It's very high. You've been around that Rams building. That's a top five building of talent and coaches. And, and mind, and you get it. So and I know you see it here. And and last thing I'll say is, you know what? I would love to get up and go to work every day and see John Gruden and see Gus Bradley and see Ron Miles and see those guys. That's a new, fresh uh, mindset. And Tom Cable, I, I love the quality and the, the quality of talent from from top to bottom. So yeah, I, 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 I agree I with you. It. I'm excited. I agree with you, Ryan. Uh, thanks for the call. Uh, always, always a pleasure, and you're always welcome. Uh, absolutely. Listen, after the after the Raiders beat the Jets uh, last year, um, that gave Derek Carr twenty fourth quarter comeback wins in his first seven seasons. Guess what? That's a record. And I'll I'll say this: um, a lot of people harp on the fact that he's got as many losses as any quarterback through the first seven years or so of his career. And I get that, and I understand that. But the fact that he's done, he's he's won twenty of those games. The, twenty of his wins uh, were fourth quarter comebacks. That's a lot. It means that his team has been in that position. And usually, there's other reasons why that's the reason why that's happening that have nothing to do with the quarterback. He's played on some really bad teams. In spite of that, he has twenty comeback wins in the fourth quarter, which is an NFL record through the first seven seasons. That tells you. A lot. We harp on the negatives. I get it. I get that as in his tenure here with the Raiders, there's been a lot of losing. But man, he's bailed him out a whole bunch of times too. Just give him a balanced football team for once. I think that might be the case this year. And see what this guy's capable of doing. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsier brought to you by Tequila and Bahar. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Yeah, man. You know, looking at uh, Derek Carr's 24th quarter uh, 
comeback wins. I know it's easy to harp on the losses, and there's been a lot of losses in under his watch. But I'm just going to say this. If you're a quarterback and you've put together 24th quarter comeback wins, you're good. You're a good quarterback. I don't care what the rest of the record says. The rest of the record is not on the quarterback. He's played a little bit of a role in some of those losses, no doubt about it. But genuinely speaking, generally speaking, those losses lie elsewhere. The fault for those losses lie elsewhere. Derek Carr, by and large, during his tenure with the Raiders, has simply just not had the right supporting cast. And I'm talking about across the board. Last year's offense was a playoff caliber offense any way you slice it. You want to say they didn't score enough touchdowns in the red zone? Yeah, you know what they didn't score enough touchdowns in the red zone to do? Overcome a defense that was giving up 30 points per game. That's what they weren't able to do. If that defense didn't give up 30 points per game, the lack of red or the the um, the inability to score – more touchdowns in the red zone, and the Raiders scored uh, 50, 54% of their red zone visits turned out to be touchdowns. They definitely do need to improve that. They also scored, they doubled their scoring average or their scoring total from 20 yards and out. So that makes a big difference too. People don't want to look at that. But the fact that they, you know, that, that, that level of touchdown production in the red zone, all it hurt them in term, you know, in, in reality was that they couldn't, it, it, it disabled them from overcoming a defense that was epically bad. You give that Raiders offense, and Derek Carr in particular, last year's offense, a defense that wasn't giving up 30 points per game, if it was just 25 points per game, Nobody would be talking about that red zone scoring percentage in ways other than, hey, it just needs to get improved. And if it does, that offense takes off to another even higher level. But that offense was plenty good enough to make the playoffs last year. The defense simply didn't handle its business. I think that defense is in a much better position to handle its business this year. I can see what I see on the field between that improved defensive line, the improved secondary, it looks better. And if the Raiders' defense can hold up its end of the bargain, Derek Carr, with the offensive weapons that he has, I think an offensive line that's going to be good enough, especially compared to what they had last year, and they they didn't have their unit out there for the most part last year. And so that offensive line was okay. It wasn't great last year. It was okay. Even with Gabe Jackson, even with Rodney Hudson, it was an okay offensive line. It wasn't great by any means. If that offensive line can play even just as good as it played last year, if not a little bit better, that offense is going to score plenty of points, enough points. It will. Kenyon Drake, Henry Ruggs. By the way, I got a chance to talk to Derek Carr about Henry, Henry Ruggs. Um, likes what he sees, feels like something clicked. And, you know, it, it wasn't exclusive to Henry Ruggs necessarily. A lot of young players get a chance now to look at what they did in that first year and sort of understand and put two and two together on what it's going to take, where you need to improve, what it takes to exceed at this level. And Derek said, look, some guys do, some guys don't. But it's obvious, and this is Derek Carr talking, after watching 
the player that he's turned back, turned in, or, or, or uh, uh, is at this stage, it's obvious that Henry Ruggs, in Derek Carr's eyes, said, yeah, I'm going to make the change. I'm going to do what I need to do to, to, to get better. Some guys do, some guys don't. It's pretty obvious in Derek's eyes that Henry is one of the guys that says, I'm going to do what I need to do. Now, obviously, it needs to click on the field, but he's in a good position to do that. Want to say thanks to Les Kekahuna, our uh, great friend from over at Embajador Tequila, uh, Q Myers. Uh, thanks for joining us. You know that. Uh, always appreciate that. Thanks to Damon Cotton, our, our great producer, making us sound good. Thanks to all the callers, all the listeners. We really appreciate everything that you guys do. You're why we do this. We'll be back at it tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m. One more day of minicamp. Can't wait to get out there to check it out and then talk to you guys about it tomorrow, 4 to 6. Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. <laughs>